I came to know the Lord through the ministry of the Friends of Israel, and the man that first discipled me, uh, I attended one of his Passovers at a at a church, and I thought, oh, I know what he's going to do. I've done Passovers all the time, and Chris, my jaw dropped as he demonstrated the Passover. I knew the Jewish part, but I had no idea the connection it had to Christianity and to Christ in the Passover. Exodus 12 says, I will pass through the land of Egypt in the same night, and I will attack all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both of humans and of animals, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, so that when I see the blood I will pass over you, and this plague will not fall on you to destroy you when I attack the land of Egypt. This is the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover. And I'm Chris Katolka. And folks, we would not be reading that passage unless Passover is upon us. Did you hear that? Uh, The Lord said he will pass over the Israelites, those who put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts and the lentils of their homes. God will pass over them. Pesach in Hebrew. When God's judgment falls on the Egyptians, the Israelites will be spared. Why? Because of their faith in trusting what God promised them. God then commanded that the Israelites make Passover a holiday to remember, to remember what he did for them when he freed them from the bondage of Egypt. Because of that one passage for thousands of years, Jewish people have been celebrating this amazing holiday. Today on the program, our North American Ministries Director, Steve Herzig, will join me to talk about the significance of Passover and what it was like growing up as an Orthodox Jew celebrating this important holiday. Steve, welcome to the program. Chris, great to be here. You uh, are the perfect person because today we're talking Passover. Uh, The Passover season is upon us. And um, I know that you have a long history uh, with the Passover celebration. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, um, you know, Passover, I kind of see Passover in two different ways. First is the historical account of Passover that we see from Exodus chapter 12. Uh, you know, when God freed um, the the Israelites through judging the Egyptians, the 10 plagues. But uh, there is also a uh, kind of a an element of today we still celebrate Passover because God told them to make it a memorial. So we're going to divide this up. First, let's look at the historical account, and then let's look at why we celebrate Passover today. So what was the point of the original Passover? Well, Chris, thanks for letting me come, first of all, and I'm not the perfect one uh, as you started <laughs> off, although I appreciate the the compliment, but I understand your thoughts concerning that, that my background in Judaism at least gives me some insight. All I could say concerning the Passover and, and its impact is you have the invisible God against the multi-visible false gods of Egypt. And 400 years of bondage, God raises up Moses, the deliverer, uh, who has his own issues. He had a midlife crisis. He's 40 years in the desert. Now he's coming back, and he, and he knows that he's called by God, and he has to say, let my people go. And that whole process was as much for Egypt as it was for Israel and for Moses. And so each of these times he comes, the king says, uh, Pharaoh says, no, uh, he's not going to do it. He makes it harder. 
things look pretty bleak. But every single time Moses comes, the invisible God defeats the visible false God of Egypt. Ultimately, the 10th one where the Pharaoh's son dies. They're regarded as God. And so you have this people observing Moses and they're frustrated. They're, they're upset at him as much as they are Pharaoh. It's a whole inner turmoil going on. The story of Passover is going to be used redemption theme throughout the text. I'm talking from Genesis, from Exodus, excuse me, all the way through. There is this redemptive idea and it's centered in on the Jewish people. So yes, this is a historical thing. It really happened. Moses was a human being. We love him. Uh, In my family, Moses, we had a big plaque of Moses on our living room wall that I saw bringing down the law of God. He's he's a biggie. He's a big uh, figure. But if you read the text, you found he's very human. Yes. Very human. And the idea of Passover itself, which comes directly from Exodus chapter 12, is that God says, I will pass over you. If you if you complete the, the tasks that I tell you, which is to take the blood, put it on the doorpost and lintel, which by faith they had to do, God ultimately said, I will pass over you in this judgment. Is that right? Absolutely. The, the blood of the lamb. And, you know, in Judaism, we we don't center in on the blood of the lamb. We we talk about it, but we don't we don't hone into it. We talk about redemption. We celebrate uh, the holidays. We're reminded of the of the plagues, and we dip, and we we have four cups of wine. We do all these different things, but the least focus seems to be the blood of the lamb, which is I will pass over you. That's right. Now there, there so there's the historical part, but you know, in that same chapter in chapter 12, God almost in the middle of the chapter seems to say, Hey, this isn't just something you're going to do once. When you come out of the, the land of Egypt, when I free you, um, I want you to remember this day annually, continually, make it a memorial is what, what God says. Can you talk a little bit about wh- why would God demand that the people make it a memorial to remember it annually? Because he knows we have short memories. That's why. <laughs> it's You're, that simple. It's that simple. Remember, you use that word in your question to me in a, a few different ways. Remember, remember. Uh, Chris, there are all kinds of jokes about husbands forgetting their anniversary. There's, there's, there's situations in our life when we forget names, we forget situations, we forget so many things. And as soon as somebody brings it, oh yeah, then it all comes back. And so God knows our memories and he is driving home the fact that there was the blood of the lamb. It was the one that broke Pharaoh's back in a sense, redeemed our people. And every year we're to remember that. Yeah. Remember my redeeming hand. Remember what Moses did. Remember you were slaves and now you're redeemed. You're set free. That is such a, a huge theme for, for myself growing up, Jewish people today. Passover is huge. You've been to Israel, Chris, and you know that even Jewish people in Israel, Israelis who are Jewish, they are not religious. But Passover is a huge deal for them. It is. And one of my favorite stories, actually, is a tour guide that we love to use in Israel. His name's Tito. The church I was going to in Texas several years ago invited him and his family. They paid for him and his family to fly from Israel to to Dallas to, you know, to be with the church and to engage. The pastor just fell in love with this tour guide, Tito. And so when he arrives in, in America and comes to the host family's house, the, the host family hands Tito an Israeli Jew a box of matzah. 
thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank That's you. so nice That's, of you. <laughs> they looked at her like, what in the world? You know, what's this for? But but th- this raises something interesting: the idea of remembering, because uh, y- you mentioned that this theme of redemption is something that appears all throughout the Bible. And I find it interesting when I read through the Old Testament. Oftentimes, God, when Israel does begin to go astray and follow false gods and leave God, God actually almost cries out to them and says, "Don't you remember me? I'm the God." And He goes back to that original Passover. I'm the God who freed you uh, from the bondage of Egypt and you walked through on dry ground. Don't you remember me? So I think that is such an important part, not only for Israel's need to remember, but our need to remember as well. Oh, Chris, you just hit on what I think is so important. As as Christians, uh, our memory is short. Uh, We have a redemptive story. And the idea of Passover for the Jewish people, every year they know it's coming. I used to pack, my mom used to pack two pieces of matzah, put kosher salami in between the matzah. And of course, by the time I got to school, it was all crumbly. And, uh, <laughs> but those eight days of eating nothing but matzah and tortuous uh, that, so I can imagine Tito's face when he when he saw the matzah. <laughs> this is, but the point it's not is, something they eat all the time. No, yeah. no, but it's but it's our identity, That's and right. it and it drives us back to the story. And so you won't find many Jewish people who, even those who are not religious, who don't understand the idea of what Passover is. And so remembering is so, so important. As believers, it's important to remember. Uh, I want to go to you, though. You talked a little bit about what your mom would do for you during Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Um, But what was it like growing up in an Orthodox Jewish family and embracing Passover? Tell us about what what would it look like on an annual basis? Well, I remember as a five-year-old going downtown Cleveland, my grandmother would pick out a live chicken, live, uh, pick it out, you know, put her finger through the cage. They'd sl- slay the uh, chicken. She'd bring it back. Of course, it'd be butchered. She'd put the feet into the, so we'd have matzo ball soup, chicken soup, the feet, the cartilage melting in the in the broth. Wow. It's, a, it's a vivid memory. And by the way, the best chicken soup I've ever had in my life. And so the idea of Passover is a Seder service. And because of my background, Seder services lasted five hours. That's an Orthodox uh, Passover. That's correct. Yeah. Five hours. So what do you do for five hours? When, when my grandmother and grandfather were alive, the grandkids, my cousins and myself, we sat at the edge of the table and my cousins were older than me and they used to throw spitballs on the, you know, they would make sure my <laughs> grandfather couldn't see it. Just irritate us. We were younger and, you know, getting in trouble. But then there were things that happened at the Seder that involved the children. Uh, I, whenever I do a Passover at a, at a church or something like that and there's kids making noise or somebody spills the grape juice, that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. It's part of the family. Remember, they were in a, a place. The God passed over and said, when I see the, they had to be in their place. They were eating the lamb. There were people dying all around them, but they were in their house safe and secure. And so you sit there, go through the whole story and we're safe and we're family and we do all the things families do. And so kids making noise, spilling things, 
is part of the whole shit. It's part of the whole thing. Now, for uh, our listeners, uh, actually, it's really exciting. We actually have Steve's uh, story of growing up and being a part of a, uh, a Jewish household, an Orthodox Jewish household in the Passover season. Uh, we have it written out for you, a testimony, a, a great picture, too, I hear, of you when you were younger. If you're interested, you can go to foiradio.org to get that. And when we come back from our break, we're going to focus on what is commonly known as the Lord's Supper, and we're going to link that right to Passover. So be sure to stick around, my friends. I want to share with you an important book from the Friends of Israel collection, The Feasts of Israel, Shadows of the Messiah by Bruce Scott. You've probably heard Chris say before, context is everything, especially when you study the Bible. And it's always good to remember the Bible is a Jewish book. With writers writing from a Jewish worldview, Jesus was the Jewish Messiah and he celebrated Jewish festivals like Passover, Hanukkah, and Purim. The ministry of Jesus, the cross, the resurrection, his second coming, and his future reign as King and Lord are not only in the New Testament, they are also hidden within the Jewish holidays and feasts of the Old Testament. The book, The Feasts of Israel, Shadows of the Messiah by Bruce Scott will help you see the fullness of Jesus through the biblical feasts of Israel. You can order your copy today at foiradio.org, that's foiradio.org, or call our toll-free number at 888-343-6940, that's 888-343-6940. Welcome back. We are talking with Steve Herzig. He is the North American Ministries Director here at the Friends of Israel. And um, Steve, we're talking about Passover, what what it means. Before we get to how it connects to communion and the Lord's Supper, when you were growing up, you did Passover as an unbeliever. But I think it's in your 20s that you came to faith in Jesus as the Messiah. How did the Passover change for you, you know, when you when when you came to faith? Well, Chris, that's a, a great story. I actually came to know the Lord through the ministry of the Friends of Israel, and the man that first discipled me, uh, I attended one of his Passovers at a, at a church. And I thought, oh, I know what he's going to do. I've done Passovers all the time. And Chris, my jaw dropped as he demonstrated the Passover. I knew the Jewish part but I had no idea the connection it had to Christianity and to Christ in the Passover. And element after element, as he was holding it up, my jaw dropped lower and lower, my eyes bugged out, I had no clue. And from that very time, every single time I do a Passover at a church, I think of that like I'm speaking to me for the first time. And people come up, I know it's happened to you as you've done many Passovers and people, I never saw the connection before. I'd say, folks, (laughs) communion was not a Christian invention. Jesus celebrated the Passover. And unless you make that connection, Uh, And I was able to do that through the ministry of the Friends of Israel all the way back in 1976. I got saved in 75, so I saw my first one in 1976. It it really is a life change in your perspective of your walk with Christ. 
It, so you saw things differently when you, as a, as a Jewish person who came to faith, uh, you saw things differently when you came into that Passover. Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, so let's talk about communion, the Lord's Supper and Passover in, in, the, in the remaining time that we have here. What's the connection between Passover and the Lord's Supper for our listeners who do this all the time? Passover was a one-time event. That is, there was a lamb. They were to get the lamb, the 10th plague. When God sees the blood, he'll pass over. They were saved as a result of that one-time act, but yet they were to remember what God did back there. He redeemed them and placed them out of slavery, ultimately under Joshua several years later, but ultimately into the promised land. There's a thing in uh, the Seder where we're to go around looking for chametz, which is uh, symbolic of sin, leaven, and we're to check the whole house to make sure that it's cleansed of sin. Paul in the New Testament says to believers, examine yourself, examine yourself. Go through your temple of the Holy Spirit. Is there any sin? And in Passover, you're supposed to take a feather, put it on a, in a dustpan and throw it out of the house. And before we take communion, the idea is we're to remember, is there any sin in your life? Take that sin, put it in a, a little uh, container and throw it out of your life as you begin to remember it's a one-time event. Yeah. We're, Christ died once and for all, but we're to remember what he's done. And in essence, when we think about communion, we can think about Passover in the same, and say, yeah, here's where I was. I was lost. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. And God redeemed me, took me out of the marketplace of sin and set me free. I'm in the promised land. Yes. I'm in, I'm in, and he made it all possible. There, there's the direct correlation, the idea of, of the Israelites were in the bondage of Egypt and God redeemed them and set them free. And in the same way, there's almost like a new exodus that takes place. We were once, well, we were bound to sin. Um, we were, we were apart from God and in Christ, uh, the, our Passover lamb, as Paul says, we've been set free. We've been redeemed. We are new. And I, I love that connection. We're in the promised land with Jesus, the Messiah. That's Amen, a great brother. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, maybe some of you are out there and you're driving around or maybe you're sitting by the radio and you're thinking, I've never done a Passover before. I'd love to do a Passover. Um, well, we want to encourage you to go to foi.org, foi.org forward slash Passover 2020, foi.org forward slash Passover 2020. If you go there and you send us a message here at Friends of Israel, we will make sure that we can help plan a Passover Seder for you and your family or for you and your small group or Sunday school or even for you and your church to give you a presentation, a demonstration, whatever you'd like to connect you and your church uh, your fellow believers with what happened in the past in the Passover and connect it right to your very life today. So, uh, Steve, would you encourage people if they've never done a Passover to do one? Absolutely. I think it's honestly, and I I know for you growing up in a Jewish household and seeing it, it probably meant one thing, but when I did it my first time, it was eye-opening for me as well, and I think it will be eye-opening for you. That's foi.org forward slash Passover 2020. Steve, thank you so much for coming in and enlightening us. Thanks, Chris. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life and ministry of Holocaust survivor Svi Kalisher. Every year my home is completely full on Passover evening. Before the readings, I gave a short testimony about the meaning of Passover. 
My children played music and everyone sang. The feast lasted until one o'clock a.m. and many of our neighbors, after hearing the music and singing, stood outside listening also. The unbelievers thought they were going to see and hear things completely different from their own celebration, but they were surprised to learn we believe in the same God, and what's more, we follow the real Passover lamb, Jesus. Leviticus 17.11 clearly depicts the atonement. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. The only difference between their feast and mine was that I put meaning into it, emphasizing the Pesach lamb, which is the real atonement. I read from the Bible and told them our celebration is all about that lamb. This was very hard for them to understand. I read to them only from the Old Testament, such as Job 19.25, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at last on the earth. This was the first time they had heard about the resurrection. Then someone asked the age-old question, How can we know this when no one has ever come back from the grave? I replied, the Lord rose from the grave. No, the questioner said. We don't want to hear that example. We want to hear from the Bible, but not from the New Testament. So I quoted the prophet Daniel who wrote, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. You can have the Lord's mercy. You can have real atonement through his death and resurrection. They did not understand how God could be born, die, and come again. I told them the Bible speaks of all these things. Micah 5.2 and Isaiah 9.6 foretold his birth. Isaiah 53 foretold his suffering. Zechariah 12.10 foretold his death. King David prophesied of his resurrection in Psalm 16.10, and Daniel 7.13 predicts his second coming. I showed them all of these things without once opening the New Testament, because God has given us a very clear picture of the Lord our Savior and our Passover in the Old Testament. I then told my visitors you can see the way we have celebrated the Passover today. It's not taken from our imaginations, but from the Holy Bible, the same Bible you read. The Lord has promised He will come again, and He has told us to watch and pray so we will be ready for His coming. By the end of the evening, some of my guests had changed their minds about me, and we all sang together the popular song of the Passover taken from Psalm 118, it was truly a blessed Passover feast. Thanks for joining us today. We heard Chris and Steve Herzig talk about how Friends of Israel would love to come to your church, small group, or Sunday school to present a Passover demonstration. Chris, you've done many of these and have told me that leading Passovers for Christians is a highlight of your ministry. 
How can people get in touch with us to learn more or to schedule a demonstration? Steve, there are sometimes I'm scheduled between eight and 10 times a year during the spring period to do a Passover. These are so popular. You know, I really think it's great that Christians love to connect with the Passover because really it's Christ who's in the Passover. So we, we connect Christians with the history of the Passover, but we show Jesus, the Messiah, the Lamb of God in the Passover as well. And so I want to encourage our listeners, if, if this interests you for your church or small group or, or or even your youth group, whatever it might be, go to foi.org forward slash Passover 2020. Again, that's foi.org forward slash Passover 2020. And there you can begin to schedule a Friends of Israel representative to come to your church or youth group or, or small group uh, to lead a Passover for next year. Thank you, Chris. We do hope that those of you who are interested in having Friends of Israel come to your church to do one of these presentations, that you'll contact us. Chris Katolka is our host and teacher. Tom Galeone produced today's program. It was co-written by Sarah Fern. Apples of Gold was voiced by Mike Kellogg. Jeremy Strong composed our theme, and I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people.